Beyond the Pillion is recorded on the traditional lands of the Kaurna people, and we would like to pay our respects to elders, past and present. Welcome to Beyond the Pillion. This is episode 17. We are talking about that point after a ride, finding a good place to park. My name is Kahiwa Subaya. I use she, her pronouns, and I am the chaotic one. And my name is Mark Drexler, he, him pronouns, and I have nothing further to add to the conversation at this point. <laughs> well, good thing we haven't got a good, you know, 30, 40 minutes of, you know, time to actually just talk to each other. So this is going to go great. I'll think of something along the way. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm sure that you will. Um, so today we are talking about parking your motorbike. Um, this was a special request. Uh, mm-hmm. Shout out to Mel. Um, Uh who wanted um, a little bit of some information about how to pick a park and how to park your bike. So this is for you and hopefully some other people too. So we have uh, broken up a few different, um, I suppose, components when you're thinking about uh, about parking a motorbike. And Mm -hmm. parking a motorbike compared to parking a car, I actually think it's a bit more of a problem-solving activity. Mm. Um, you have more flexibility because you are you're smaller, you're more manoeuvrable. You can put your vehicle in a whole bunch of places that uh, that cars can't, mm. um, and you you also have a lot more uh, uh, less or a lot less defined uh, ways of parking. Given that most parks out there are going to be designed for a a car. Mm. So you you you've got a lot more flexibility, but you're also faced with other challenges. That means sometimes you've got to think a little bit more, mm. and that for particularly for a new rider um, can be something that can be quite challenging to work out. Well, what am I meant to be doing? Where am I meant to be parking? And what are the things that I need to consider? So mm-hmm. that's what we've tried to structure out today's podcast about. And I think we'll start off talking a little bit about where you can park <laughs> yeah so as we go through um some of the different tips around how to actually park and the things to consider um as mark just mentioned um we thought it might be useful to start off thinking about some of the different places that you can park because they can be kind of different um mm-hmm. from when you might be driving a car or another four-wheeled vehicle um, so the, I suppose the first most obvious one is thinking about the same car parks where you might park a car. So we'll be referring to that as, I think, a car marked park. This is going to be a terrible <laughs> episode. Yeah, let's roll with that. Tongue twisters, car marked park. Um and uh, so thinking about if you are, you know, the parallel parks along the side, the footpath, um, the kind of 90 degree uh, type parks at like a shopping centre or something like that. Um, and then in some places where you also have an angled park, I think these are usually the mark is like 30 degrees or something, um, which if you're in Adelaide, think about Hutt Street, those angled parks along the side, the street there. So that's one place. Um, the second place, particularly in the CBD, which is a real advantage to riding a motorbike in town, um, are the dedicated motorbike parks. So these are specifically marked on the road, um, usually between car marked parks, um, 
uh, and signed as being specifically for motorbikes. And so those can also be either 90 degrees um, to the footpath or they can be on an angle depending on um, the way the rest of the parks are structured in the city. Um, And could I jump in there and just say that mm. Uh, for Adelaide, and I'm guessing that most capital cities would have would have something similar these days. Uh, if you do a Google search for Adelaide motorcycle parking, there is actually a map done by, I'm guessing, the Adelaide City Council or similar mm. uh, that shows all of the places around the city where there are dedicated motorcycle parks for you to use. So sometimes they can be a bit tricky to find if you don't know where to look. So do your research beforehand. Mm. and have a look and see if there are some in there. Yeah, and and within Adelaide City itself, they're usually in kind of clumps of about three to five um, in spots all around the city. Also on that um, map, and it might be similar in in other cities where you might be a dear listener, um, there are also kind of um, motorbike-specific parks on the footpath so in a couple of spots within Adelaide CBD um, especially there are places specifically signed where you can park your motorbike on the footpath rather than on the road Um, and I know that in places like Melbourne that is pretty much anywhere across the CBD you can park your motorbike Hmm. on the footpath Um, in Adelaide there are specific places where that is permitted Hmm. Yes, more more progressive cities have been doing this for a long, long time, <laughs> whereas here in Adelaide, where you cross the border and turn your clock back 20 years, we're only really cottoned on in the last couple of years that, yeah, footpaths are actually a really sensible place for motorbikes to park. So rant over. Thank you. Sorry, Kahima. That's fine. Um, and I think one of the other places, um, again, specifically in the city, but there might be in other places as well, uh, where there might be paid parking buildings, um, often they will have motorbike-specific parks. And at least here in Adelaide, um, a number of the ones that I've been in, it's uh, a lot cheaper to Mm. park your motorbike in that parking building, um, special price. Uh, Usually, I think some places like $7, $8 a day compared to $16, 18 20 Mm. or more. Um, And the usually a lot closer to the entrance, which is also fun. Um, and so that can be a really great idea if you need to leave your bike somewhere for a longer period of time or um, particularly concerned about security and safety of your bike as well. Um, that can be a, a good option to have a mm. look at. Yep. So those are some of the different places that you can park. <laughs> um, I think for most people, you know, the vast majority of time, you're probably going to be parking in what we've referred to as a car marked park. Mm. Um, or uh, if you're lucky enough to find a spot where there are motorbike specific parks, you might be doing that as well. So the next kind of thought is really thinking about how do you choose um, and how do you then like actually get your bike into that specific spot? So, Mark, mm. I know that you had some thoughts about some um, kind of guiding principles about how to pick a park. Yeah, uh, I was trying to to think with that extra flexibility. And sorry, I'll add one more in there, Kaver, and that's mm. when you get away from uh, city parking locations and your parking on a suburban side street where nothing's marked anywhere. Oh, well, yes, just got good complete, point. Complete free reign to park wherever you want, mm. um, which is another, you know, all of the constraints are gone and your mind's getting blown because how do you know where to park <laughs> when you're in that kind of situation? Um, 
So I came up with three guiding principles, not exhaustive as usual. If you think I've missed something major, then let us know, post some comments, share your views. Uh, so first, first and foremost for me is parking somewhere that you can easily get out. <laughs> now that sounds really obvious, but um, yeah, being parking yourself somewhere, particularly uh, yeah, best case scenario where you can just jump on your bike and ride straight mm. out forwards. And we'll talk a little bit more about why this is important on sloping surfaces in a little bit. Um, but yeah, parking somewhere that you can sort of see that you're not going to get boxed in, you're not going to come back to your bike and find a situation where you're going to really struggle to get the thing back mm. out on the road. So sometimes when you're parking, it can be worth spending a little bit more time before like getting a, the, the, the right park and getting set up properly because it will make it a lot easier rather than struggling and fighting to get the thing out. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's guiding principle number one. Uh, guiding principle number two is making the best use uh, that the best use that you can of the fact that you are really small um, and very maneuverable compared to a four wheeled vehicle of just about any any kind. So um, that is one of the big attractions. Once you start feeling more comfortable about having a motorbike, being able to head into areas where there are not a lot of parks, and knowing that you have a very small vehicle that you can tuck into all kinds of little nooks and crannies uh, that bigger bigger vehicles vehicles can't. So try to make best use of your size in terms of um, firstly making it as good as you possibly can for yourself, but also trying to minimise your impact on uh, wherever possible on other uh, other road users. Mm. So that's mm, and, we, and we might talk a little bit more about that as. Uh, that as well later when we talk about possibly parking as a group. Mm-hmm. Um, and the third guiding principle is really around uh, parking to make sure that both you and your bike are as safe as you can possibly make them at all times. Mm. So we mentioned, I can't remember which episode, but one of our earlier episodes, we spent quite a bit of time talking about keeping your bike yours Um Bike theft from the CBD, I think statistically from any city area is statistically one of the uh, highest risk places that your motorbike can get stolen. Mm. And I've now watched, uh, had a a customer bring in a video the other day of his bike being stolen from a, uh, well, just near a security camera. And with no disc lock and no chain and no other other security, just the steering lock on, it took two, uh, two people about about or five seconds to smash the steering lock and to walk away with the bike. Wow! So it, it was really impressive and scary. And it wasn't an old old bike. It was a it was a new bike. Um, they couldn't do anything with it when they when they stole it, and it was recovered very shortly afterwards. But mm. yeah, so safety of your bike. Uh, that's not just theft, but also um, making sure that you don't come back and find your bike on its side. Uh, Kahiwa, you might want to talk about that one. In, in <laughs> yes. fact, has that ever happened to you, coming back and finding your bike lying on a side? And how were you parking when it happened? Yes. Uh, so to your, your example earlier, that additional kind of place. So parking in an area where there are no marked parks um, mm-hmm. for cars or any other vehicles um, 
And so I had parked so that my bike was, oh, probably about 45, 50 degrees um, to the footpath um, with the rear wheel in towards the, um, the gutter Mm-hmm. or the edge of the footpath where the footpath meets the road um, and the front wheel is you know, a little bit further heading in the direction of traffic. Um, so, you know, leaned over and kind of facing in towards. And about a metre to the left or in the direction of traffic was a vehicle that had already also parked. So I'd, I thought I'll give myself a bit of space between me and them mm-hmm. Um but not so much that I'm, you know, taking up a whole another like car length of a park because that's also annoying mm-hmm. um, for other people. Um, and then came back out to hear that my bike essentially had been reversed into um, mm. ostensibly by the car that had been um, parked to the left um, and it was on its side mm. uh, and uh, had – a very helpful bystander helped me get that back up, uh, which was great. Thankfully, not too much damage, <laughs> but a bit frustrating more than anything else. Yeah, and uh, if I come back to the guiding principles, so you certainly parked so you could easily get out. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you and uh, as a rule of thumb, and we'll talk more about this later, but parking rear wheel to the curb wherever you are tends to be, as a rule of thumb, the best way to do it because then you can ride straight away from the curb, straight out into traffic rather than having to reverse out. So mm. tick, you park so you could easily get out. Tick, you made good use of your size because you gave the car that was in front, well, to your left as you were looking out onto the road, you gave them what you thought was enough room um, and rather than parking parallel to the curb and taking up a whole new car park. And, you know, you, it was a reasonable thought that you were parking uh, with enough space and in the middle of a busy suburban road. So you kind of did everything right. You just didn't take into account the fact that some people, A, can't drive <laughs> particularly well and B, have no moral fibre when it comes to damaging somebody else's uh, property and owning mm. up to it. But um, I think mm. on on reflection, if I think mm. about you know, that third principle of parking so that the bike is as safe as possible, on reflection, yep. um, this was a, uh, a larger vehicle. I think it was like a mm-hmm. four by four something. Yep. I'm not going to name a brand, um, but large uh, and high. Mm. Um And on reflection, it's possible that um, I, even though I'd given enough space, I thought that I hadn't given enough space for the person driving to be able to see my bike out of their rear view mirror um, to then notice that it was there possibly um, before they reversed to then go and join traffic. Now, I would have thought while you're walking up to your car, you might have noticed a bike in behind. It's bright yellow. Mm -hmm. uh, But... Not everyone notices everything all the time. So for me, I think the lesson learned there is for those vehicles that are where the driver might be seeing a little bit higher or slightly longer wheelbase, I think the uh, best option is probably to give a little bit more space between mm-hmm. the end of that car and where I park my bike. But as you say, there's nothing to be said for people who choose not to take accountability for hearing something yeah 180 kilos of motorbike mm. crunch at the ground i would have thought yep. you might have heard something and gone, I would have oh thought no you might what have did as i well, do but, 
Yeah. Hey. But, you know, you, you did just about everything right there and it still didn't work out. And that's probably one of the things with motorcycle that we've talked about plenty of times around risk management. Yep. You can never count, uh, completely count out what other people will do or just other, exactly. uh, yeah, other shit happens moments, I, I suppose, to, if you'll mm. excuse the, the uh, profanity. Um, and I think the, yeah, it's, it's another lesson, as you say, you can't account for every risk. You're not going to mitigate them all. Um, thankfully, in this instance, there was very little damage. I think I just got some scratches uh-huh. on my top box more than anything else. Um, and the bike is fully insured, so uh-huh. it is what it is. But I it do think is that, what it is. Yeah, that I think that's a, a bit of an example there around that technique around how to park, particularly in those places where there are no marked parks on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, what I heard kind of you talking through there was, you know, some of those guiding principles that how to actually park. So um, where possible, we have the rear wheel to the curb. So mm-hmm. sometimes, as you said before, that means we you might kind of right in, kind of go out and then reverse back. So it takes mm-hmm. a little bit longer, a few more seconds just to kind of get yourself prepared and um, settled. But that does mean, assuming no one has hit you, you can just, you know, ride in, you can see uh, oncoming traffic um, mm. and the traffic that you uh, hopefully are going to be able to join. Um, you can see that all, you're not having to reverse into it. And I think that's actually a really important um point you know taking that time to set yourself up to reverse and so that when you get on and you're ready to actually ride out you can see as much as possible what's happening on the road around you so that you can rejoin the traffic safely mm-hmm. yeah that's that that is the general way that i try and do it for all of the reasons that you've just said um yeah it takes a little bit longer sometimes but it's it's worth it mm. And so that probably applies also to parking in like dedicated motorbike parks, would you say? Um, Yeah. Again, that kind of depends on how they've been set up on the, on the road. So I, I have seen some that are at that 30 degree to 45 degree, maybe angle to the curb Mm. and done in a way that it really only makes sense to go front end in. Mm which is kind of not the best. But then if you are trying to reverse into those, then you're actually going to be, when you're coming out, you're going to be riding directly into oncoming traffic, which is not Mm. great either. So, yeah, I can only guess that some of those motorbike, specific motorbike parks in the city marked out on the ground have been done by people who drive cars. Yeah, trying to keep with the flow of, you know, if all of the car marked parks are that 30 degree angle, it's like, oh, Mm. let's just keep that, just make them smaller. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's, yeah, so people who don't understand motorbikes shouldn't be allowed to design motorbike parks. But anyway, that, that's, that, that's, I have, okay. that's okay. Uh, I know recently um, parked in some of their, those angled motorbike parks um, in one of the spots in Adelaide CBD. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> in this instance, there were only like, like two or three parks um, in a group. Uh, like in one little space. So that actually worked out okay to, um, in this instance, same as I would do if the motorbike park was on a 90-degree angle to the footpath, um, kind of come in slow, doing a little bit of a kind of a curve around mm-hmm. and then quite a tight reverse um, to get the rear wheel towards 
the curb and because there were only three parks and I was able to um, get one I think on the edge so didn't have to worry too much about potentially hitting another bike yeah. as you're kind of um, bringing the bike in. That seemed to work really well and actually what was interesting then so you got the rear wheel to the curb, you're mm-hmm. on an angle. Mm-hmm. Technically, you are not in line uh, with the direction of traffic that you would be joining, mm-hmm. but it did give really good visibility mm-hmm. um, for yep. the direction on that side of the road as well as other the other side of the road. Um, and then it was just a bit more of a turn to kind of join in the traffic and that actually worked pretty well. Um, mm. so it just took, yeah, a little bit more finessing to get mm. the bike into that spot. And I think that, that kind of comes back to this whole concept that parking is a parking a motorbike is a lot about problem solving. Mm. Um, the guidelines we're giving you don't work in all cases. So there mm. are some, sometimes where uh, you'll look at a situation and say, oh, hang on. No, that doesn't make sense there. I'm going to try doing it, uh, doing it this way. And yeah, it, it will be a learning process. So for anybody that is feeling a bit overwhelmed about your riding anywhere and trying to work out where to park, mm-hmm. uh, don't worry. That's that's pretty normal. The, the same as a lot of things with motorcycling. Um, mm-hmm. There are new skills to learn. There are new problems to work through. And parking is one of those that you will get your head around over time. Yep. I think one of the things that I still struggle with um, mm. parking, particularly in the motorbike dedicated motorbike parks mm. is getting the angles right <laughs> to yeah when I'm yeah, pulling yep. out to then kind of reverse back in mm-hmm. I uh yeah and I pride myself on being able to you know reverse parallel park a car pretty well mm-hmm. have not got that right for a motorbike yet consistently yep yep which is practice 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 the same yep. as anything else yeah. Now, I, I did want to throw. Well, I want to throw in a word on legality, and then I want to throw mm. a, a question over to you, to you, Kahiba. Um, so, we are we're not lawyers. Uh, we're not offering legal advice. Um, if you know somebody who's particularly into the the laws of parking and vehicular use on roads, then in your local uh, local area, then by all means go and check uh, check with them. But my experiences so far in riding here in South Australia is that if you are on a motorbike, <clears throat> pardon me, then you are entitled to the same thing as if you were driving a car. So uh, in that sense, if you if you come up to a place which is designed for one single car park or car to park in, then you can take up that entire park with your motorcycle and mm-hmm. that is absolutely within uh, within the, the, the law. And uh, similarly, if there is something that you can't do in your car, then odds are it's going to be frowned upon if you do it on on a motorbike. So I can think mm. of two examples there for me where I have received um, parking infringement notices, fines. One was parking on a footpath on a busy summer's day down near the beach where there were no car parks. It was chockers. A couple of other motorbikes had parked up on the footpath, big footpath, not impeding anyone, seemed to make a whole lot of sense. Parked on the footpath, came back to a, a ticket saying, yeah, Danny, you can't park on a footpath, um, which, yeah, I wouldn't park a car on a footpath either. Uh, and the second one was parking um, with the front of the motorbike pointing directly away from 
the flow of traffic. So parking, uh, if, if I was in a car, the equivalent would be I'd park the car backwards, uh, which is, at least here and probably in many, many areas, that is uh, something that you aren't allowed to do. You need to be parking your car in the direction of travel. Um, otherwise, you, you could be fined. Now, my reasons for doing that that I... I tried to fight the council on was uh, because of the slope of the surface that it actually made a lot more sense to have the bike parked in the way that I did. Otherwise, the bike was going to fall over. And we'll talk a bit, about, bit more about ground services. Um, mm. Yeah. Well, once again, the local authorities did not seem to care about that. It's like, no, you've broken the law. You've parked uh, ass about face and, yep, please pay your 40 odd dollar fine or something so mm. again when policymakers and administrators and everyone else make uh, don't understand how motorbikes work then yeah sometimes uh, you can get in a bit of strife so so it's just a little bit about um the legality of parks that so just be aware that you do typically you will have the right to use up one full car parking space uh, for your motorbike if you have to um but noting that you also don't don't need to just because it's legal doesn't mean there aren't other ways that you can creatively think to look at smaller places to park that aren't going to take mm. up a full, full car park but Kahira, i want to pose i want to pose a question to you mm-hmm. you are in a shopping center car park yes it is dead flat yes it is very busy all of the car parks are marked out uh, at 90 degrees to the direction of travel mm-hmm you see a car park amongst the sea of other parked cars that is uh, that is empty and you are on your motorbike. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I said, it's dead flat. I'm guessing you would reverse into the into that park because that's what yes. we talked about before. You'd sort of go up and back into park in there. Whereabouts in that? So noting you could fit about probably four at least motorbikes in that one car park, car parking spot. Where would you position your motorcycle and why? Oh. Um, mm. So if it's busy, mm-hmm. generally speaking, if I'm traveling by myself, mm-hmm. I would probably park uh, up the back of the car park. Mm-hmm. Um, so as you know, as far in as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would probably still try to be over to one side. So the idea that if necessary, if there was another motorcyclist, they could probably fit in um, alongside me up at the back of that Mm -hmm. car park. Um, I have seen video footage (laughs) of motorcycles parked like at the back of all the way to the end of a car park mm-hmm. um, marked for cars and seen a car driver reverse their car mm-hmm. into that park and knock the bike over. Mm-hmm. Um, in my mind, that's kind of similar to the car driver who decided not to notice or care about my bike when they <laughs> reversed over it mm-hmm. um, in that park alongside of the road. And I can't account for people making poor decisions, but I can, um, generally speaking, try to uh, make space for particularly other motorcyclists um, in that mm. that kind of area. If there are no dedicated motorbike parks, then, um, yeah, I would probably go, if I imagine uh, the wheel tracks of mm-hmm. a car alongside that um, car park, you know, starting towards where the the rear wheel, one of the rear wheels might be and kind of be in that spot at the back of a car park. Mm-hmm. Comments, thoughts. Um, 
Well, Did I, I mean, pass? Oh, I don't think that this is one of these problem solving things where I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. I mean, everything you've said there is totally valid. You are trying to I be know, considerate about that. but I need a gold star. That. Okay, here's your validation, gold star. Thank you. Um, you are trying to be considerate of other road users. You're trying to allow multiple bikes to use the same car parking space. Uh, all that is, there is nothing wrong with it. It's very admirable. You've also mentioned the the risk there of having the bike knocked over by a car that either doesn't see or chooses to not see or and i'll tell you why i like a different method um a car that comes stonking into the park front end in at high speed because they're in a rush or whatever and they uh they're halfway in fully committed to going in and before they can do anything about it they realize oh goodness there's a motorbike park there and Mm. i've just and i've just bumped it um i had that happen once uh, like 25 years ago i think um which at least the the car driver did leave their details and apologized and we sorted out through uh, them paying for the repairs but since then i have been more of an advocate to yes reversing in so doing the same but parking with my front wheel almost level with the front of the cars that are parked on either mm-hmm. side mm-hmm. um and um, if I'm if I'm on a larger bike, so given I've got a few bikes, if I'm parked on my FJR 1300, which is almost the size of a small car, then I will park at <laughs> the with my front wheel lined up with the noses of the cars and mm. with the bike dead centre of that car parking spot. Mm, now, yeah. two different reasons. Well, two different things there. I I like parking at the front because it means people who are driving up can see really clearly. Oh, yeah, there's something in there, mm. rather than parking at the back and then having, you know, getting halfway in and realise, oh, damn, bloody motorcyclists. Why can't they find their own bloody parks? And it's like, well, talk to the whoever's doing the parking to actually give us some motorbike parks. Yeah. Um, so making it more visible to those who are driving into the park or coming close to the park, um, and. Yeah, parking again. If I'm if I'm on a big bike, then I'll just tend to park in the centre because it's going to be tough for other bikes to get around me anyway. Yeah. If if I'm on something smaller like the MT09 or one of my other smaller bikes, then probably yeah, right hand wheel mark mm-hmm. because then I'm parked up the front. But then if somebody else does come in on a motorbike and is looking for a park, great, tuck it up behind, sort of behind it on an angle. Um, and you'll at least still be able to get into the park. You're going to be able to use the three quarters of the parking space that I've left. Mm. Um, but at least mine is still at the front of the queue, which is more visible. Um, and also, just in case, if you're parking at the back and all of a sudden two or three other bikes come in and park in front of you without really thinking about it, um, then, yeah, you run the risk of being locked in at the back. Yeah, that's fair. I know at um one of the local shopping centres here, the motorbike parking, which, you know, shout out to them to um, having actual dedicated motorbike parks on like a, a bunch of other um, shopping centres around, mm. you know, outer greater Adelaide. Um, rather than being that uh, like 90 degree, you know, sliced up dedicated motorbike parks, I've got um, like a bigger space and the idea is you just kind of fit as many as you can um, Mm. in this space that's on an angle, um, which is quite interesting. But I do like that point about being um, placing the bike at the edge, or not the edge, the the entry, 
yeah. entry part of the park, um, which I think goes with your guiding principle um, just as generally about being seen um, as much as possible. I think one of the things that I personally worry about in terms of parking um, at the, the entry part of that park, um, if I am you know, essentially in that kind of 90-degree-ish angle within there, I worry about cars knocking the bike on the edge or like the motorbikes as they're going into their yeah. parks. I've seen yep. plenty of people make um, touch-and-go decisions uh, when they're parking their car in terms of other vehicles on either side of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one of the things that I personally worry about. But, um, no, I think that's a very good point about, yeah, making sure that it's it can be seen that there is a vehicle in that park so that people aren't um, – accelerating into it in a hurry which as we come into the holiday season and shopping mania Mm. at this time of year um people are people are driving angrily at the moment or more people are driving angrier um than usual and yay christmas yeah um looking to just fight for any particular kind Mm. of parking spot so i think that's actually a really good point around making it clear that that spot is taken. Mm. <laughs> but you, your point as well about being sort of nicked by cars as they are turning in if you are parked front, that's valid too. So mm. keep on coming back. Problem solving, there's no one perfect answer mm. to to parking. There's just all different things that you should consider. And one of those that I would like to hear a little bit more from Kahira as well is talk to me about ground surfaces and why they matter more than when you're <laughs> so you, you're in a car and it doesn't you don't really have to worry about what you're parking on to to most uh, extents but what are the things that you need to consider on a motorbike yes so um i think as we've mentioned just generally in terms of of riding when you're riding you are likely to be more aware of or need to be more aware of the road surface or the ground that you are riding over um, compared to when you might be driving in a car. Mm -hmm. Um, I think one of the things that I am very conscious about um, is certainly the slope of the surface Um, Mm -hmm. and particularly as you were kind of talking to before, the where I place the bike and then once I'm off it and it's on the side stand, um, how much is it leaning um, mm. depending on where it is placed and the angle that it's placed on the ground. Mm-hmm. So um, I know one time I went to go and um, pick up a present for my sister and it was out in the suburbs and, um, you know, it's trying to park my bike and the road itself is actually quite a steep slope. Mm. Um and trying to work out if depending on which side of the road I'm on, which angle do I want the bike to be on so that either um, you've got not only just the physical slope um, that the you know, if the bike was to come off the brakes or something or other, is it going to roll into the footpath or out into the road, depending on mm-hmm. which direction the bike is facing. But then also depending on where I might place it, um, is it going to be leaning um, too much over um, that it potentially places a lot of stress on the side stand to hold it up? Mm. Or is it potentially actually too close to vertical that mm. it risks um, being 
you know, easily tipped over onto the side that doesn't have the side stand. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, again, that's a, a little bit of problem solving. Um, what are your, your thoughts around good ideas for dealing with the slope of the surface? Um, I would say that uh, if you uh, – well, firstly, trying to park on slopes is evil. It is, <laughs> it is a very challenging thing to try and get that just right spot um, that mm. also lines up with some of those other guidelines about being able to get out about parking legally. And sometimes mm. it can be a real trial and error challenge to get your bike in a good spot. Um, if you have to make, uh, if you have to compensate because you are parking on a slope and you're not going to get a perfect flat spot, um, err on the side of having your bike leaning over a little more rather than a little less. And that is because your your side stand um, can actually take a whole lot more weight than you would think. Mm. Uh, that, that doesn't mean go and sit on it and then have a pillion on the back while you both try and sort of bounce the thing until you snap the side stand part. <laughs> every, just about every bike out there can take a heck of a lot more weight than you would think given they're often spindly little things. So, um, yeah, whereas uh, if you are parking the bike and it's too close to vertical, yeah, they can tip over. I have seen wind... Uh, knock a bike over, push a bike over mm. when it was too close to vertical, big gust of wind and over it went. So if you have to if you have to choose a lesser of the two evils, have your bike leaning a little more. Also have your bike, if your bike looks like it is potentially going to roll forward or backwards, always have it rolling backwards, so pointing the nose uphill. And that is because you think about how your side stand flicks back and it is by you kicking it backwards up into where it sits next to the frame. Now, if the bike is rolling backwards, then it is going to keep locked in. So mm. the, the side stand will stay down because rolling it backwards will keep it in like that. If it rolls forward, then it will actually roll forward to a point where the side stand will flick up and then the bike will be on its side. So, uh, yeah, definitely – a bit more to the left and a bit more uphill if you have to if you have to um, sort of make a judgment call. A judgment I hadn't call thought that. about that in terms of the the side stand like flicking back as mm-hmm. the bike moves forward. Oh, that's good. Yep, which is a, mm. another general rule given that most roads have a camber that um, makes the road a little bit higher in the, the centre of the road and then it slopes down towards the gutters. That's also why generally putting your rear wheel to the gutter means – uh, mm. If it's going to roll, it's going to roll with that slope, which is going to mm. keep it on the, the side stand rather than falling off. So, yeah, yeah definitely keep those in mind. Um, and also thinking about uh, not putting yourself in a park where the only way that you can get yourself out is to have to push, physically push the bike backwards up a mm. slope because you don't have a reverse gear. Yeah. <laughs> um, unless you're on a Honda Goldwing, I think might have them. But yeah, just about every other bike known to know to humanity does not have a reverse gear. So if you're on a slope and you can at least use the power of the bike to, to roll yourself forward when you get out, happy mm. days. If you don't, then that is where you might find yourself in a situation where depending on your physical strength and the size of the bike, um, yeah, you can be in real strife trying to get it to push up to get out. And we're, we're actually going to um, yeah, t- teaser alert, spoiler alert, that's what we're <laughs> going to talk about in our, our next episode about shifting bikes around because there's a, that is another art form. Mm. Um, and so, and yeah. I was just thinking about that, um, yeah. In that example, that story before, where I was talking about parking on a on a slope, 
and you know there were parks um, with you know facing down the hill um, in mm-hmm. the shade. Um, mm-hmm. And it was quite a hot day, and there were there was space on the other side of the road facing up the hill, um, mm. and I remember thinking, oh gosh, it'd be nice to be able to leave the bike in the shade and not come back to a super hot black seat, um, mm-hmm. uh, and going, yeah, no, actually, let's let's you know do a quick little U turn, let's park up the hill so that. Um, rear of the bike is then facing into the curb um, mm-hmm. and front of the bike is facing up the hill. Yep. Um, and I also remember um, the difference um, when I had parked the bike, the difference that just a slight angle change of the bike in relation to the footpath made mm-hmm. in terms of the lean of the bike. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a, a really big advantage um being on a motorbike, you've actually got you know, that full 90 degrees almost that you can choose to take, um, get the right, optimal kind of mm. lean and angle um, so that you are as close as possible getting um, a really good amount of lean in um, but not being too far over um, and those types of things. You've got quite a big space to be able to, to take advantage of um, mm. even if you do end up going close to you know 90 degrees with the footpath and then you end up leaning a little bit. It was, um, yeah, quite an interesting realisation mm. coming back to that problem-solving idea. Bingo. Yep. Yeah. It was very, very cool. Mm. Very, very good example um, there. Uh, and one final thing I want to throw in there as a, as a consideration that you don't really have to worry about uh, in, in a car is the softness of the ground that you are parking on. Now, whether that be mud or uh, gravel can do this as well, particularly if it's quite deep gravel rather than hard packed stuff. Um, unlike a car tire where you've got quite a lot, four large contact areas that are holding the holding the thing in place where your tires are on the ground. With a motorbike, you've got two small ones in your front and your rear tire, and then you've got one tiny one that might be the size on most bikes of maybe a 20 cent piece an Australian 20 cent piece, maybe. Mm. Um, and if you are, particularly if you're parking on grass or dirt or anything soft, earthy. Or even gravel. Yep, gravel will, will do it as well. Then um, be very careful. So firstly, just try gently putting your side stand down uh, and leaning the bike over and having a look to see if it's just sinking straight down into whatever it is. If it mm. is, stop and find somewhere else to park. And even then after you, if you think it looks okay, get off and just try sort of pulling the bike a little bit more over to see if it's going to gradually sink into whatever it's parked on because uh, that is something I have seen more than once. Uh, People Mm. who they've parked up, they think, oh, yeah, that ground's hard enough, jump off. Yep, looked all right when I went away. It's been slowly, slowly leaning over and then they come back and their bike's on its side uh, because the side stand has just sunk uh, completely into into the into the soft earth. Mm. And unfortunately, you, you really, your only options there with that are either don't park on it um, or either carry something with you or find something that is wider and flatter. Um, a drink can, soft drink can, uh, flattened out. 
mm-hmm. can be can be a good one in a in an emergency to flatten it out on its side or end to end. That that will make a much bigger contact patch with the ground. Uh, I know some people carry around little sort of flat plastic plates that are maybe the size of the palm of your hand, and they just carry those around and maybe under the seat. And then if you need one, get it out. You've got a bigger uh, you've got a bigger spot that you can you can put the bike down. Mm-hmm. Um, really, those are your only options. You can try for for those who have got bikes with centre stands. Centre stands often aren't any better because you're just like you're slightly spreading the load, but it's still going to run the risk of just sinking down into whatever it is you're parked on. So yeah, it's really that surface area of the the actual bottom of the mm-hmm. stand and how that um, yeah the amount of that compared to the weight and, and the Correct. pressure. Yep. I do. Now, oh, brainwave, we mm-hmm. need a, a merch idea. We could make a key ring attachment that you could then, you know, put on your motorbike key ring and, and have it. Un- anyway, I'll um, that's, that's refine a, that idea. That's a big-ass <laughs> key ring, yeah. Well, let's, let's put a pin in that for now. We'll, we'll get R&D working on that. Uh-huh. Um, mm. But I was I was thinking of an example, um, a story, uh, a, a ride recently down to, uh, I think it was Silver Sands, um, club down in Aldinga mm-hmm. um, and uh, a patch of, of kind of area there where um, it was mostly kind of dirt. It had been a little bit of rain recently, so mm-hmm. a little bit of kind of soft mud um, and I was trying to park the bike to get like a nice sexy picture for the gram. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I think it, what really struck me was that idea of it really is just about angles. Um, well, there's a lot of opportunity um, with a motorbike to slightly different angle, slightly different kind of spot where you might place the bike and then all of a sudden the slope um, is less of an issue. The um, kind of ground surface, it's a little bit easier to find a smaller part there where um, it's uh, robust enough to have the side stand and kind of lean over and take that pressure um, mm-hmm. and that that wasn't too much of a challenge. Hmm. Um, so moral to the story, try different positions, try different angles. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you, you'll, you'll know when it's right. Yes. I, I was also thinking about in terms of the slope of the surface, the rider just did this weekend for the Australasian Women's Motorcycle Ride Day. Mm-hmm. A um, bunch of us uh, had parked um, under the shade of a tree. It was not not gravel, not mud, but it was um, you know, kind of dirt with maybe uh, mm-hmm. like tree seeds tree and roots, and a oh, yeah. yep. um, little bit of gravelly things. So, you know, kind of mixed up on that. And the uh, end of the park away from the road was up a little bit. Um, and so again, I think that was another interesting problem-solving point there. As I'm parking my bike towards the back of that park, just thinking, how do I balance the slope of mm-hmm. that park where the the back is actually higher? Um, yes. I've got you know lots of of loose things on the ground. I want to make sure that my side stand is not on top of something that could pop out. I'm trying mm. to nestle it into somewhere that's a bit more stable. Um, and uh, on enough of an angle that it's leaning, it's got a good, decent lean over into that side stand that it Mm -hmm. is stable, but then also making space for other people to park into that um, area as well. So I think that was another another example of that problem solving. Um, And all it took, um, you know, pulled up, uh, reversed in, um, and then 
Uh, you, I got of those two different options. I think that I tend to use in terms of maneuvering the bike into the right kind of spot is either like um, paddle walking or like a little bit of clutch, letting the clutch out to very slowly move forward and then paddle walking back. And you're on the bike and you can maneuver the handlebars to get the different kind of angle that you might be going backwards or forwards with. Mm. Um, one of the things that I'm a big fan of now that um, I know how to do it, thank you, Mark, um, is being on the side of the bike, so body facing into the bike, one hand on the handlebar, one hand on the seat and taking a little bit of that weight into you and just pushing um, in either direction and then you've got a lot more scope there to change the angle as you're going you can see which direction you're moving the bike in a lot easier um, it's a bit more difficult when the bike is a bit heavier um, but that was very very useful I think for me to be able to just be able to see where I was going and maneuvering around another bike and a tree and a this thing and a that thing um, and so we'll yeah in that next episode mm. be talking through and, and hopefully also have some videos to to show the different ways to actually physically uh, move and maneuver your bike in, in different ways. Yeah. Um, but that was really helpful to get into a nice nice good spot in in um, in that space there. Yep. Yeah, and that's that was a nice little teaser for the next next episode because yeah, the whole <laughs> thing about moving bikes around, uh, having started working in a motorbike shop. Um, heading on two years ago now. Um, yeah. Yeah, I have learned so much about how to move motorbikes around. Uh, yeah, that like, you know, I've been riding for 20-something years already mm. and then moving, going into that role, I now understand so much more about how to throw bikes around and I'm, yeah, anyway, we'll talk about that next one. There's your teaser. <laughs> In the next one. Um, uh, I think that the, the we did have one special case we wanted to, to touch on, and that was parking as a group. Um, mm. Yeah, whether you are in, you know, we talked about riding as a group can be anywhere uh-huh. between you know three or four people, um, or as the ride I did on the weekend. I think they're talking about sixty to sixty-five, which was mind blowing mm. um, to be able to to be a part of, um, and that that is that's definitely. Um, uh, a bit of a special case. Uh, I think the main thing that that comes to mind for me in terms of parking as a group is um, really taking advantage of the size of a bike in comparison to a car or another vehicle um, and parking so that you can easily get out. Um, and so in that instance, uh, to me, that looks like if we're using car marked parks, um, trying to get as many bikes as possible safely into that car park um, in order to um, yeah, take up as little space as feasible and be considerate to other road users and, and park users. Mm. Um, so that example I think we talked about earlier around yeah having you know between three or four motorbikes, depending on the size, you can usually get into um, a park marked out specifically for a car. Mark, any thoughts for you around parking as a group? Uh, I agree with everything you've said. Probably the only other thing I would suggest there is, and this is more targeted at newer riders riding mm. possibly in a group where there are some more experienced per, uh, riders in there. So th- when you are coming into a stop, if I am ever leading a leading a ride, then I will be doing everything I can to, to look for a parking spot where 
I'm not just parking my bike. I'm actually trying to be a little bit like the Pied Piper in terms of saying, <laughs> yep, I'm going to pick a spot. If you follow me in and follow my lead and everybody else follows me in and follows my lead, then we will probably be able to stack a whole lot of bikes into uh, in, into the space that we've got. So mm. very often that might be riding in parallel to the curb, um, slightly jutting out into the traffic, backing the wheel in, and then hopefully the person behind me sees what I'm doing, does the same parks parallel, and everybody mm. just continues to follow that lead. So if you're in a group, then uh, do your best to follow what the people in front of you are doing. If you can see mm. a pattern forming, try and follow that pattern. Um, but also be completely um, not surprised when there will be one person who everybody else is lining up in a beautiful parking formation that makes it wonderful and then somebody just decides that yeah they're going to come in and park at 270 degrees parking in the absolute opposite direction to everyone else um i don't understand humans but anyway that that's okay uh try and not be that person um if you are parking in a group then try and follow everybody everybody else's lead and hopefully the leader will have started a a pattern or some other way of parking that is going to mm. do exactly what Kahiba said, which is to try and make the most, um, yeah, the, well, to follow those principles, to make it easy for everyone to get out and to make the best use of uh, the fact that you are a smaller vehicle and you can stack lots more in, uh, mm. in into the same space, which is why we would love to see more people riding motorbikes because yes. traffic congestion and parking congestion would be a hell of a lot better in every city in the world if there were more motorbikes and less cars. But anyway, that's another <laughs> that's another uh, high horse I will get I will get off. Yeah, I will say um, the at the end of that ride um, we all you know, 60 odd of us, uh, met at a hotel for lunch. Um, and one of the staff at that pub commented, um, on how, um, considerately all of the people in our ride had parked, you know, working to have, you know, usually around kind of four to five bikes per car park. Mm. Um, and that that was in stark contrast to when they had had, um, uh, other groups other of groups? riders, um, other groups uh, yeah. riding to have lunch at their venue um, and how much appreciated that was um, yeah. for them but also in recognition of other kind of patrons and people using the parks and all the other shops on that particular street. So that was really nice. Yeah, so it's called being considerate. <laughs> Life rule, don't be a dick. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Anyway, mm. so takeaways. Uh, takeaways, uh, my main takeaway I think would be th those three th those three guiding principles. Mm -hmm. So trying to make sure that you're parking in a way that's easy to get out, uh, mm -hmm. in a way which is making the best use of your small size and agility and that it is and, and that is as safe as it can be for you and your bike. Those would be mm -hmm. my that's my takeaway, those three guiding principles. And I think in terms of the the safety and, and stability and the things to keep an eye out for, um, you know, one, just be considerate of the legality um, of mm -hmm. how you might need to park. Mm -hmm. um, taking note of the slope of the surface that you're parking mm -hmm. on and, and direction, um, the nature of the surface. So is it yep. soft? Is it gravelly? Are there things? Um, and making sure that you are 
um, manoeuvring the bike so that it is um, going to be as stable as possible, um, mm. acknowledging that we can't account for the poor behaviour and decisions of other road users. <laughs> mm. um, and also just kind of thinking about um, being considerate of your own safety and the bike safety. So um, as we mentioned, you know, looking at places where uh, if you need to, there might be extra security, so um, parking buildings or similar, um, and you know potentially the value of parking somewhere where there might be security cameras or lots of lighting if you're going to be parking somewhere um, uh, into the evening or the nighttime, um, mm. somewhere that you physically would still feel safe. Um, I think that's also really important. Um, and then the thing that, that I hold on to and, and that you reminded me of, Mark, is that it's okay to um, take a few goes to get your bike Absolutely. into that park. That yep. That is totally fine, um, regardless of whether you are in a motorbike park, um, a car marked park or slow riding with a group or similar. Um, take your time to get yourself settled and get your bike into a good, stable, safe position um, so that it's more likely to be there when you come back and you are ready to just hit the road and go on and to the next part of your sunset. ride. Mm -hmm. Problem solving and problem Indeed. solving doesn't always happen the first time you have a crack at it. So, <laughs> yeah, don't in any way feel bad if it takes you, 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 you don't get it right and you think, no, I want to reject that park. It's just not right. It's yep, very absolutely. So our next episode, we will be um, giving a little bit more detail about how to Ooh. move um, your bike uh, within mm -hmm. all of those types of situations. Um, but until then, please ride safe and have fun. Beyond the Pillion is brought to you by Kahiwa Sabaya and Mark Drexler and Woman Moto, the online magazine for women motorcyclists. Go to womanmoto.com. Follow us on Instagram and YouTube at Beyond the Pillion. Drop a comment or send us a DM to let us know what you want to hear more about. And if you like this episode, please leave a review or tell a friend.